is up, you guys? I am back for Controversial Thoughts, and today I have a very interesting story for you. As many of you know, I love to dig into mechanistic stuff, and I love to look at interventional studies. Sometimes we look at observational studies for what they're worth, but I think that history and anthropology can teach us a lot as well. If you have heard the podcast that I've done in the past with Chris Kenobi, you know about the history of seed oil consumption in the United States. And you know that there are striking correlations between the introduction of seed oils into the Western diet and massive increases in chronic disease. These are correlations only from which we can draw a hypothesis, which can be tested, which has been tested, which I will talk about in this video. And um, we cannot draw causative inference without making those actual interventional studies. But if we go even further back, we see evidence of chronic disease in populations from thousands of years ago. One of the most fascinating of these examples is the ancient Egyptians. These are perhaps some of the first examples of chronic disease in antiquity, in anthropology. And so this raises a very fascinating question. What made the Egyptians fat and sick? There are others who have uh, made videos about this on YouTube. And when I saw those videos, I thought, mm, I don't agree with their conclusions. There's a, there's a video that's very well done from the channel, which is what I've learned, which has the thesis that it was the introduction of carbohydrates into the Egyptian diet that caused them to become diabetic. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't think that the large amount of wheat uh, in the Egyptian diet was fantastic for them. I think this is very nutritionally bereft and nutritionally uh, devoid of nutrients, but I don't think that carbohydrates per se cause diabetes. I've talked about that in the past, but I want to show you guys evidence for uh, what I think actually made the Egyptians fat and sick. And there is a lot of consistency here uh, across thousands of years, millennia, and very disparate populations, which I think points again toward um, a common culprit that we're aware of. But let's start with what we know about the ancient Egyptians. So this is kind of fun to look at because like many of you, I um, have found the ancient Egyptians to be very fascinating throughout my life. The pyramids are incredible. And it's just such a fascinating set of stories around these people. Who did they come from? Where did they come from? Were aliens involved in making the pyramids? Who knows? But the pyramids were amazing. So one of the main architects from the pyramids was Unu. Um, believed to have been the architect of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Uh, he succeeded his father, Nefermat, and his uncle, Kenefer. Hemiunu was one of the most important members of the court, responsible for all the royal works. His tomb lies close to Khufu's pyramid. Well, here's a picture of Hemiunu. This is not Bill Gates. This is an Egyptian man with some of the biggest man boobs I've ever seen in my life. That isn't good. I bet you if you look in here, in his belly, you would see lots of visceral fat as well. But Hemiunu kind of looks like he's got some soy bod, uh, or at least Bill Gates' body. Uh, he's definitely got man boobs and certainly looks like he was at least insulin resistant and metabolically unhealthy by his uh, physical appearance, his phenotype, we might say. Now, there are other examples of this from um, ancient Egypt that are quite fascinating, just looking at the mummies. There is a well-known mummy uh, who was fat, balding, and bearded. 
Well, that sounds like somebody with polycystic ovarian syndrome or the likes of some sort of insulin resistance. This is uh, Hatshepsut. Hatshepsut. And though the photo is missing here, we can imagine um, an Egyptian female mummy with PCOS, hirsutism, uh, obesity, male pattern balding, uh, hyperandrogen syndromes. And then um, from actual CT scans of Egyptian mummies, we know that they did suffer from uh, coronary artery disease, especially in the elite class of mummies. So atherosclerosis is an old disease. Summary of the rougher centenary symposium, the paleocardiology of ancient Egypt, a meeting report of the Horus study team. And you can see here that um, based on CT, CT scans, the Horus study team concluded that atherosclerosis was present in the ancient Egyptian elites, not a new disease of the 20th century. So that's interesting, except the piece that they're missing there is that it's not present in all ancient populations that we've studied. Uh, the Egyptians are an outlier, which is why this is a fascinating question. What made them fat, sick, and atherosclerotic? What gave them heart disease, which often, of course, goes hand in hand with insulin resistance, metabolic dysfunction, of course, right? So when we compare other quote unquote ancient populations like the Chimene, um, Yukon and Hadza or uh, many populations of the Ikung, we do not see massive rates of coronary artery disease suggesting that while atherosclerosis may not be a new disease, it is a, essentially a disease of um, some commonality perhaps between the Egyptians and our Western civilization. So the findings here are that, um, as you can see, uh, there were 705 individuals in the study. 85% <clears throat> had no coronary artery calcium. 89, 13% had a CAC score of one to 100 and 20 had CAC scores higher than 100. These are coronary artery calcium scores. So despite a high infectious inflammatory burden, the Chimene, a forager horticulturist population of the Bolivian Amazon with few coronary artery disease risk factors have the lowest reported levels of coronary artery disease of any population recorded to date. Now that's quite fascinating, suggesting that coronary artery disease, though it may not be a new phenomenon, is a unique phenomenon that does not occur in all populations of humans. If you dig further into the Chimene, what you will find is that the people with coronary artery disease were people who had boats. So all of you guys riding around in your boats on the lakes in the summer, you're getting coronary artery disease. No, I'm just kidding. Basically, what we have understood is that when the Chimene have boats, they are more likely to go upstream to a village to buy, you guessed it, processed foods, which include I'll tell you later, you can probably guess what I'm gonna say right now for the Chimene, but it's all very consistent and quite fascinating when you try and connect the dots. The diet of ancient Egyptians can be reconstructed via stable isotope studies, like this one, diet of ancient Egyptians inferred from stable isotope studies, or this other one. Um, and what we find is that they were certainly agriculturalists. They were eating a lot of grains. But as I said earlier, I don't think this was the main problem because there are many examples of cultures like the Tukasinta who have lots of carbohydrates who don't develop coronary artery disease. The Egyptians also had some protein from things like fish. But what has been left out of this discussion? Well, 
some in the health space have used the Egyptians as an example to say, aha, see, carbohydrates are problematic for humans. I'm not that dogmatic. And they say, look, they didn't have seed oils 5,000 years ago or 3,000 years ago. So how could seed oils be the problem? But in fact, they did have seed oils 5,000 years ago. And in fact, this is probably really the beginning of seed oil use in antiquity is with these exact people. How do we know this? Well, it's been documented many times that they in fact did have seed oils like this. The production and use of vegetable oils in Ptolemaic Egypt. <laughs> There's a whole book about this by Brent Sandy from 1989. And there are many examples in the literature of increased use of things like sesame um, throughout history, sesame oils, etc. And there are other books written about the Egyptians in which um, there is documented evidence that they were using many pressed oils, flaxseed, olive oil, which probably weren't the main culprits, but then sunflower, sesame, and other seed oils. So if you have any questions about this, let's be very clear. There is very good evidence that in fact, the Egyptians may have been the first population that we are aware of to use seed oils and mass. And as you can imagine, pressing oil out of a seed is not easy. It takes some work. So who might be more likely to get access to these delicate oils that are hard to make? Perhaps the ruling class, which would make sense based on what we've seen with atherosclerosis, mummies, obesity, PCOS, man boobs in higher ranking Egyptian mummies, etc. It also should be noted that the Egyptians also smoke and drank, but let's connect all the dots here. Did carbohydrates make the ancient Egyptians fat and sick? I don't think so. I'm not a huge fan of wheat because of lectins and the way that that lectin, especially the gluten in wheat, is shown to open gap junctions in the gut, causing colloquially leaky gut in so many people. Uh, I don't think wheat is a great thing, but I think wheat is very nutritionally empty. And we know that when we compare agriculturalists to hunter-gatherers, the latter populations generally have better nutritional status. This is not something new. This is really the advent of the Neolithic, the Neolithic revolution 10 to 15,000 years ago. And as I talked about in my book, The Carnivore Code, as I talk about in my upcoming cookbook, The Carnivore Code Cookbook, which is now available for pre-order on Amazon, that introduction of agriculturalism across populations led to poorer health. There's tons of examples of this, uh, the work um, from the Ohio River Valleys, et cetera, comparing horticulturalists and hunter-gatherers who were coexisting. And if you're curious, there are many studies like this one and um, the work of others that have compared the health of agriculturalists and hunter-gatherers and found, like I said, the latter to generally be much healthier, much more nutrient-rich diets because they have hunter in their diet because they eat meat and organs. And obviously, if you need more organs in your diet, check us out at Heart and Soil Supplements. So where am I going with all of this? I'm going to the fact that the ancient Egyptians, I believe strongly, got fat and sick because of their introduction of excess amounts of linoleic acid in their diet. We've seen this in other cultures. We've seen this in Chimene with boats relative to Chimene who don't have boats and have access to seed oils. These are all lots of correlative things, but it starts to paint a very convincing story. 
As you'll hear on an upcoming podcast with Tucker Goodrich, there's lots of mechanistic evidence to back this up. And as I promised you in the beginning of this podcast, this mini podcast, there actually have been large interventional studies in which the seed oils have been removed and we see massive increases in cardiovascular health. I'm not gonna go through all of these in this controversial thoughts video. I will save those for the podcast upcoming with Tucker Goodrich in which we discuss debate between him and people in the community who don't think seed oils are problematic for humans. But I will point out one very, very important study that shows that reducing seed oils can have massive improvements in cardiovascular disease in humans. You've probably heard of this one, but you maybe didn't even know it was about seed oils because it's been talked about in ways from the American Heart Association that don't indict their seed oil containing diet. This is Diet Leon. This is this study published uh, by DeLaguerre in June, 1994. The title is Mediterranean Alpha-Linolenic Acid-Rich Diet and Secondary Prevention of Coronary Heart Disease. So even in the title, they're trying to say that it's an ALA-rich diet, which is a uh, omega-3 fatty acid. But if you read the study, what they actually did here, this is the Diet Leon trial, was to decrease the consumption of omega-6 fatty acids in favor of omega-3 fatty acids and oleic acid-rich uh, oils in the study population, which resulted in a 70% decrease in the cardiovascular mortality incidence. That is an interventional study reducing omega-6, which improved people's health. If we could go back in time, if we could get in our time machine and go back and smack the seed oils out of the mouth of the guy designing the pyramids and the lady who was uh, the pharaoh's wife or the, the lady with PCOS, then perhaps we could reverse some of their polycystic ovarian syndrome, insulin resistance, metabolic dysfunction, obesity, and man boobs. But we can't do that. What we can do is take some lessons from this and avoid evolutionarily inconsistent consumption of seed oils in our own diets. If you need further convincing, consider this. Again, this is all correlation, but there are interventional studies like the one I showed you, Diet Leon, Sydney Diet Heart, Minnesota Coronary Experiment, and Rose Corn Oil Trial, which back up these correlations. This is a fantastic article from my friend, Jeff Knobs. If you have any questions about chronic disease prevalence in America, it's skyrocketing, okay? What could be behind that? We're smoking less, cancer's about the same, physical activity is up, Alcohol consumption is only up slightly, but essentially flat over the last 30 years. More Americans are eating healthier than we did 20 years ago. That's interesting. We're at least adhering to what we're told is healthy. The food pyramid, obesity in America, skyrocketing. Hmm, diabetes prevalence in America, skyrocketing. Okay, let's tie it all together with this graph, which shows you since 1960, what the changes in our foods have been. Do we see a pattern here? Well, we can see that grains went up until the 2000s and now they've gone down. Sugars and sweeteners went up slightly, but now they've gone down. These are our carbohydrates that I don't think are the problem. Meat has gone slightly up, but I'll tell you what type of meat that actually is in a moment. And look at this red line going across massively increasing. That is vegetable oils, my friends. Again, this is all correlational from which we generate hypotheses. 
which we then test in interventional studies that I've already talked about. If you're curious what type of meat we are increasing in, it is poultry. And if you hear the podcast coming with Tucker Goodrich, you will hear again something I've said in the past, which is one of the main sources of omega-6 consumption in the American diet is poultry and pork, because those meats are often fed grains, they concentrate the omega-6 in their fat, and they have evolutionarily improper or inconsistent levels of omega-6 linoleic acid in their fatty tissues. We're certainly not eating more beef, that's gone way down, but everybody loves to blame that. So there's not even a correlation between beef and chronic disease or beef and diabetes or beef and obesity, nothing like that. If anything, there's a correlation between chicken, but I think the main problem is the seed oils, just like it was for the Egyptians. So don't be like the Egyptians. You don't want man boobs like that. If you're a man, you don't want balding, obesity, and hirsutism. If you're a woman, and how do you avoid those things? I think the first step is avoiding processed seed oils. This is something we talk about all the time at the Animal Base 30, which is going on now at Heart and Soil Supplements. It's not too late to join. You can join us, animalbase30.com. And I would be remiss if I did not share with you guys some of our success stories. This is a review from George B on our beef organ supplement at Heart and Soil. He said he's been using beef organs since January of 2021 until now. He's dropped in weight from 231 to 190 by using these supplements and eating an animal-based diet. He's no longer pre-diabetic and all of his other blood work is where it should be. He's gonna keep ordering beef organs, which is great. And he's not gonna eat seed oils anymore. So that's why it's cool to do what we do at Heart and Soil. That's why I do what I do because look, it works. And if you're wondering, that's what the shirt says. It doesn't say kale. So be like George, lose weight, fix your diabetes, become more virile, become more fertile. Don't be like Emi Unu. Gonna leave you guys with that image. Stay radical. <laughs>